I'm Jay Matthews, and this is AD Update. October fall in the air. We just finished homecoming. And uh, even though we're still in football, it, it's never too early to talk basketball. We had Coach Jeremy Mears a couple of weeks ago on the boys' side, but I'm super excited. The first time on the podcast, we've actually talked to a junior high coach who is outstanding in the classroom and on the court, but Ann Hopkins. Ann, thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So it, it, we've got so many things to talk about, but you know, give us kind of how you came uh, to Briarwood. I know you'd been teaching uh, in the inner city, and uh, you had kids, kids here, and COVID hit, and all kind of things. So give us that uh, tour, because it's, it's always fascinating to see how God arranges situations where now you're with us. I know. I'm so glad to be here, too. But um, yeah, so I taught for 13 years before I came to Briarwood um, in different places. I started having kids, too, and took a couple of years off. But my most recent stop was at Hayes K-8 School in Birmingham City, which is a woodlawn feeder school. It was a really interesting environment because it was um, two sets of projects walked to the same school. There were no Mm -hmm. buses. So all these kids could walk to the school and they didn't really like each other because they came from two different places. And um, it was a very difficult environment to work in, but it was very great. Like I loved it. I felt like God called me to be there and I felt like I was very needed. And so, um, but COVID hit. And so we kind of went virtual for a really long time, much longer than Briarwood did. And um, when we were coming back out of that, to address learning gaps, Birmingham City decided that they needed to do more year-round school. They were going to go that next year through June 15th to kind of address the issues that had happened because of COVID. And because I had kids at Briarwood, you know, being a teacher is great and being a mom because you don't really miss much. But I looked at the calendar. I'm like, I'm going to miss like eight weeks of my kid's life, you know, (laughs) doing this. Our spring breaks weren't going to line up and everything. So um, my husband and I really started praying and asking the Lord to kind of direct me. And Briarwood had a math opening and it was just like a perfect fit. Um, It has been a great experience to be here and I I've told you know my friends that have kids in the ages that my students that my that my children are in that um, to see the product that Briarwood puts out now like as a juniors and seniors and just the the kids that they love the Lord and they also want to learn and do well and be successful it just it sells me more and more on the investment that we're making by putting our kids here at Briarwood well that's a great testimony and we've we've talked about with others how many people have to contribute to that product you know so it's grandparents it's parents it's you know sunday school teachers and youth workers and staff here and and of course what you guys do in the classroom and then it's really a common desire for all of us to wrestle with what it means to live out according to the scripture uh as christians who need you know who need forgiveness, and uh, so it, it is. It's fun. It's cool to be here, and you've been a huge hit. So let's let's start in the classroom, uh, pre-calculus and geometry. Uh, so how has that been? Uh, what was the transition like? Uh, give us kind of a kind of give us your school schedule, and we'll talk about coaching here in just okay. a little bit. Yeah. So um, I am a math nerd. I was a math elite in high school. Um, competed on math teams. My dad is a Georgia Tech graduate, and I still remember when I was younger that we would be shopping for back to school, and my dad would be sitting on the benches in the mall reading calculus textbooks because he is just like that. Both my siblings are accountants, and so I think just math kind of runs through my DNA. Yeah. And um, for a long time, when I was doing like learning math in my undergraduate um, program, just was learning math to learn math, and um, kind of realized one day that. God reveals himself to us through it, that Colossians 1.17 says that he is before all 
things and in him all things hold together and so that also has to include this this concept and these maths that i've been learning forever and it kind of gave me a cool neat perspective on the subject and so i'm so in love with math and in love with how god reveals himself to us through the order of the universe and so i love teaching that because it's a great segue into absolute truth and into um, just God communicating to us through the way that he makes things. And so anyway, so yeah, so I teach pre-calculus um, to the honors group, which is 11th graders. I also teach a dual enrollment class through Jeff State. And so that is comprised of mostly, mostly 12th graders. And then this year I picked up grade level geometry. So that's ninth and 10th graders. Okay. So I teach every grade in the high school and then coach seventh and eighth graders. So I am intersecting with every grade level here at our campus. Uh, intersecting, that's a great math term already. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask ask you this and this is an honest question i've actually got two okay so you have this passion that's what makes you a great teacher for math what do you do with the student that doesn't feel gifted in math or uh you know that's just not their favorite subject because you have to teach them all right Right. Uh, so i've always felt like that for any teacher you know it's it's almost a joy to teach that student that just can't get enough, you know. And we all love having those, and we need those, and we need to make sure we're teaching those. But, right. you know, math's one of those, especially for, for young boys sometimes, <laughs> you know, when those early geometry concepts come in and you're, you're really having to stretch. Um, what's that interplay there? Because they didn't grow up with a dad reading a calculus textbook. Right. Does that make sense? So Absolutely. give me a little bit of just thoughts about that. I find that always fascinating. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to gain interest in your subject is for kids to know that you're passionate about it, no doubt. but also to know that you care about them. Great. And so one of the yeah. things that I really feel like is an important part of my job as a teacher is to build relationships with my students. And if my students know that I love them and that I'm going out of my way to make sure that they're having like a fun, engaging environment, we're not just sitting in the desk the whole time taking notes, like we're getting up, moving around, doing activities that help increase kind of their interaction with each other and interaction with the content that they feel like I'm giving my best. Kids will run through a brick wall for you if you think that hmm. if they know that you love them and that you're not asking them to do anything that's unreasonable and everything is motivated out of a desire to teach them to be better. And that's, yeah. you know, um, and the kids at Briarwood are super receptive to that. Like, yeah. you know, I've been places where there were those kids that very, very, very difficult to reach. Briarwood kids are very open to um, to people caring about them and wanting what's best for them. And so it's been a great experience here at Briarwood. And you have, you have three children. I think the oldest is a fourth grader. Mm-hmm. So is it genetic? Is math genetic? Do you, do you, do you have that one that you I can do. already tell? Yeah, <laughs> so my boys, I love math. They're very yeah. gifted in math. Um, yeah. Baylor, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's really very gifted, but we'll see if it's going to be bent toward mathematics. Yeah. I did not have that genetic gift, uh, uh, but uh, it was uh, – I became an English teacher for a reason, I think. Uh, but I'm so thankful. I hear nothing but compliments about the work in the classroom that you do. Give, give us kind of your uh, weekly schedule, because I always find that interesting in terms of, because we're about to start talking about the coaching. Right. You know, you're a full-time mom. Yeah. Uh, so, I, again, very few people understand the uh, love and dedication of hours uh, uh, that happened uh, both in the classroom, the grading of papers, the preparation of lesson plans, and then, then of course, all the coaching on top of it. But give us kind of your weekly schedule. Yeah, so it's a lot this year. We decided to add a junior high athletic period, eighth period. Mm-hmm. And um, when Sarah Wilson called me in the spring and said, this is an option, but it's going to have to be during one of your planning periods. You know, I thought, oh, no, like, what am I going to do? Because I really like to be able to do most of my work at school 
at school right. and be able to be home when I'm at home. And I knew that that was going to be a trade-off. And so um, we did add that. So I only have one planning period this year. And so it, that has been a little bit difficult for me to figure out how to manage. I've been working mm-hmm. a lot more at home, grading papers, preparing for the week, knowing that there are you know two days a week I don't have any time that I can work in my classroom on my own. Um, and so it's it's all of that, just trying to manage that um, time management of you know how can I get all of this stuff done and still be present to be the mom and the wife right. and still be an excellent teacher because I don't want anything to kind of fall through the cracks that I'm not doing well. And so it has been a difficult adjustment for me this year if i'm being honest i've worked probably too many hours on sundays but um but you know it's 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 constant there's something going on my kids are involved in i've got two boys that are involved in soccer baylor's involved in ballet she's doing holiday show-offs and so it's we are always our kids are everywhere yeah and so it's like who can take them who can pick them up we uh, we are we have a great village though that's that's amazing so so you start the day off first period is that um class yes so i teach first and second period i have honors pre-calculus and third period is my planning period and then fourth period i teach the dual enrollment Mm -hmm. pre-cal through jeff state and then five six and seven is geometry and then eighth period is athletics yeah and uh let's talk a little bit about dual enrollment because a lot of our listeners would be familiar with ap that we still have but Mm -hmm. then we've been using this dual enrollment for a few years where you actually working in partnership with a college that this is also college credit. That's why it's called dual enrollment. A little bit about that, because I feel like that's something pretty cool that students have access to now. Absolutely. It's a great program and a great idea for students who the only math they're going to need for their projected major is going to be pre-calculus, Math 112 and Math 113. Also, if they're going to stay in state, it transfers to Auburn and Alabama. Um, so, we, you know, if you're going to be an elementary education teacher and all you're going to need is pre-cal, this is a great place to take it, especially if you're not extremely gifted in math, because you have your high school teacher there that's available, you know, before school, after school during focus period times so you have more support than what you would have at a level at a college university where you're just a number and people don't get to know you and so this is a great place to take that class we don't encourage students that are going into engineering to take it because they need to take ap calculus Okay. Because they need to have sense. the more rigorous, and their you know their terminal course needs to be AP calculus. So it's a great option for some of our students that aren't going to go into math or science degrees. Yeah, well, that, that has helped me as much as anything of understanding the use of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to so you don't have to give the name, but what comes to mind when I ask you about a classroom success story? I would really say that probably in the inner city, just yeah. having kids like, and not necessarily one specific one, right. but having kids that wanted to be in my class and that knew that I loved them. I think that was a really hard place to build relationships because there's such a big turnover there that teachers don't stay. Like they, you have them for one year and then they're gone, you know, and they don't expect you to kind of be there and be present. And um, one of the students that I had, he just needed a lot of encouragement, a lot of extra support. And actually two years ago, because I had given them my cell phone number, it was the only way they could get in touch with me during COVID because I was at home teaching and it was like, hey, if you have questions, just call me. Well, um, I was at Defy with my kids and I get this random number calling my phone and I was like, you know, just didn't answer. And <laughs> yeah, I figured yeah. it was my car warranty was going to be extended <laughs> or whatever. But um, it called again and usually that doesn't mean it's spam, you know. And so I answered it and um, the person said, Miss Hopkins. And I was like, yes. He was like, this is Woody. And I'm like, 
he was like, you remember me from Hayes? And I was like, yes, I remember you. You know, and so he just went through. He said, I just wanted to, I saw your number pop in my phone and I wanted to call you and tell you that I loved you. Oh, that's awesome. And I thought, oh my goodness, like it just made my day to think that they still remember that, um, you know, m- m- remember me and the impact that my classroom yeah. had on them. And that's the real treasure of teaching, isn't it? I mean, that's uh, why you do it. I think that's what heaven is going to be, a lot of those stories that we don't even know about, you know. I know. So I hear about you, and then uh, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, she's got college basketball <laughs> experience. <laughs> so you play college basketball, and, and it's like, oh, we might have a coach. And uh, and then lo and behold, not just we have a coach, you are a really outstanding basketball coach. You're fun to Thank watch. You. I've been able to, to both see you in practice at games, watch how you – Operate, and then you know we'll talk a little bit later about uh, this this little halftime uh, hallway <laughs> thing. That I just think is brilliant. I don't know if you just stumbled on it or whatever, but uh, so take take us now through basketball, uh, your basketball background, and what it's been like coaching. Yeah, so um, I grew up loving athletics, everything. I played four sports in high school: um, softball, basketball, soccer, and track. Um, and just have always just loved having a ball in my hands or competing. I'm super competitive. and uh, But I really fell in love with basketball more than anything. Um, had great basketball coaches in high school that um, actually one of them super loved the Lord and had a really big impact on my discipleship and my having a, a great relationship with God when I was younger. And I told him um, my senior year of high school, like, hey, I want to teach math and coach basketball. That's I what I told that. him. And um, so I remember still in games my senior year, we would be tied – 30 seconds left and he'd be like and what defense should we run and he would let me have input and then sometimes he would go no and this is why so he taught me he was really teaching me like the strategy of basketball and i love strategizing and trying to figure out how to beat people but um just because of the impact of my coaches i think basketball just kind of was something that i loved and i went to huntington college and played there also played for a very godly man who's now a pastor Mm. um the lord has just made all these great divine intersections for me of people that have really helped me further me in my relationship with god and so right out of college um started coaching at mumford high school in talladega county and um just i did had no clue what I was doing really though like you know I've I've grown a lot as a coach since then but um and then when I started having kids took some time off um and then coming to Broward my first year I wasn't a coach but you had me on the coach's email list and so I kept getting all these emails from the athletic director I'm like he is trying to rope me in when is you know what's when is this conversation gonna happen because I why am I getting athletic director coaching updates you know I was like Jay Matthews is sneaky but then um, that next year, they had the junior high coach had resigned, and um, Lori came and talked to me about yeah. taking over the program. <laughs> and you were just a hit right away. Um, there, there's something really weird about a basketball coach because there's this aura about a basketball coach that's unlike any other sport where just you're pacing the sidelines and all, and and, uh, and it's been so so good. So let's talk about this is junior high girls basketball, right? And I would say. You know, even even a decade ago, middle schools, junior highs would have you know one PE teacher, maybe two, mm-hmm. that would coach all the sports, and you didn't do that much, you know, because it was all kind of ready for high school. And that has changed. You can't get by anymore with not having you know pretty high level coaching. That's why you've been such a godsend to us. But. Uh, the coaches you even coach against at that level, when I see what Pelham Park has and some mm-hmm. other coaches have, I mean, 
there are really good coaches in this area that you compete Absolutely. with and good players. Mm-hmm. So what's that, what's that been like coaching uh, the girls' uh, junior high teams? At yeah, the it's, it's so cool. It's so different because all of my coaching experience previous to this has been on the varsity level. And so it's so weird, like, starting from the beginning and doing all the basics. And it's been really great to have Sarah Wilson this year right. because um, last year I, I've, I've never coached at this level, so I wasn't great at, like, establishing and laying the foundation. She's setting such a great example for what it really looks like for um, breaking down everything from the – you know, the things that you think you don't need to talk about you do. It's like teaching reading, I guess, in kindergarten. You know, yeah, yeah. you have to talk about every little thing and kind of we, we worked on like not traveling when you catch the ball yesterday, right. you know, so um, just how important it is to lay the solid foundation so that we can see success later. Um, but, yeah, there are some great coaches we coach against and great players that we play against. Um, but it's all we're we're competitive in every game. Yeah. Um, our girls work really hard. And the one thing that every coach says about the Broward teams is. They have such great attitudes, and they work so hard no matter what the score is. And that is so true about those kids. They they never give up. Yeah. And so developmentally at that level, you really don't know what they're going to look like as a sophomore, junior, senior, right? So you've got this – it's really a it's – a, it's a catch-22 almost because you have to develop everyone. You have to, to play them enough to give them experience because your worst player – Could be the, the star. Could right. be the – the all-state player down the road. Mm-hmm. So you are trying to be competitive to win, but at the same time, I watch a lot of our games. You know, you'll play a team, and their their first five will hardly ever come out of the game. Right. You know, you'll actually rotate a lot. Not mm-hmm. not not fifty fifty necessarily, but you really yeah. rotate a lot in. So what's that kind of dynamic like of what you're trying to do and and how how challenging is that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that at this level, it's so much about, like you said, the development, but also not just about their basketball development, but their character development, mm-hmm. their understanding what it means to be a part of a team, understanding what it means to cheer for somebody from a bench and to give them the encouragement, even when they make a mistake, what it looks like to really be a good teammate, to be a good follower of Christ. I mean, you know, this is all for us is discipleship. And so that's why it's great to be at a place like Briarwood where I'm not measured by my wins and my losses. You know, you, you're going to come to me and talk to me if I'm not discipling the, the, the girls to be more godly women when they get older. You know, yeah. like that's the barometer is how are you discipling them? And so that's the focus. And so yeah. all the other stuff just kind of fades away because when we think about like the Great Commission, you know, and the Great Commandments, that it's not about – go win all the games and do all the things and step over all the people and squish everybody and make them feel less than. No, it's can you love God and love people? Can you love people like I loved them? And part of that is sometimes taking a, taking a, a great player out to let someone else play, that encouragement. And they also need the self-esteem boosting because this is such an important age for young girls at this age where they're trying to figure out like where they fit in and who they are. So many things are changing, and they need somebody to speak truth and life into them. Like, hey, you matter. You're important. You're an important part of our team. All of those things kind of contribute to their development into a good person because these a lot of the girls that are in my program are not going to play. They might not play varsity. They, they aren't going to play in college. But they will remember like the hard work and the determination, the things that they learned while they were in yeah. athletics. So this is the reason I wanted to get you early on on the podcast. This is my, one of my, going to be my favorite thing for us to talk about. So I, I like just to kind of watch coaches, you know, and 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 I try to watch them, but also not be seen watching them. You know, just observations. And so the junior high gym is super loud. 
I mean, there's big crowds. We have huge crowds for junior high basketball games, volleyball too. And it is loud. There's cheerleading going on and all. And then so I'm looking for to find you at halftime. And the boys kind of go down and use classrooms, you know. So mm-hmm. I remember one of those games. I'm just looking all over. Where is that? Where is that? So I go in, and I happened just – I found you by accident. So you're in this stairwell <laughs> in the uh, senior high building that's, you know, a 10-second walk, 15-second walk from the court. And I step in the stairwell, and I thought, this is genius <laughs> because it fit your team perfectly. It's like built-in stadium seating. So, you, you know – and I may end up sharing a picture when I share your podcast. I think I took a picture okay. of it because I went, man, this is brilliant. So so the girls are all just sitting right up the stairwell. You're at the bottom. And, man, you are coaching them really, really hard, both scheme-wise, technique-wise, attitude. Um, was really such a fun thing. And then uh, so I thought, man, what a great location, you know, isolated stadium seating. You're you got eye level with all of them. They're all kind of compact there, and you got the wander and everything going. So, did that that did that happen by accident or? It, yeah, it I definitely. It yeah, it kind of sort of happened by accident, and we've continued it on purpose. Yeah, but I didn't have a key to the junior high building i didn't think maybe i do but i I was like i don't know if i can get in there and if i did i don't even know where to go so we were gonna we were planning on coming in and going up to a classroom either my classroom or miss freeman's classroom but then i was like no i don't want to walk up the stairs we're just going to stay right here and then it was like i have a captive audience junior high people can still be kind of wiggly absolutely and so it was really they're sitting there they're like facing me they're not facing each other they are listening it was no like having to redirect them to come back to me because they're all just right there and i'm just the center of attention i guess at that point but it, it's worked out. It's a great place to have a, a halftime meeting. We don't have a locker room. We have one locker room in the junior high, and the visiting team uses it. So this, it's like a perfect place for us to go. Well, I, again, I, I just went, that was brilliant. And then, of course, what a lot of people don't understand, I think you almost have to be gifted for this. So you've got this coaching gift to to coach really hard, you know, like really demanding not not yelling, but I mean, just I mean, it's attention getting, you right. know, but not lose the relationship there. Like, and so even as a parent, you know, Scripture says, do not exasperate your children. Right. The frustrating thing about that, you don't know where that line is, right? Mm-hmm. It's different. Right. So to have a coach for seventh and eighth grade girls that can begin this idea of understanding of, hey, you need to lock in, you need to listen. You need to accept some challenge. You can't be thin-skinned, you know. Mm-hmm. And you have this gracious way of kind of putting screws on them, so to speak. But also you can tell you've got their attention and they, lo- they love you for that. So where does that come from? Have you had to kind of, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, as far as practicing or fine-tuning what that's like? So, so give me an example because I felt like, man, that's a perfect coach for this age group. That's really sweet. Um, I think the biggest thing is you just have to make sure you're giving like good deposits. You can't just continually like like you said, exasperate them, but continually discourage them throughout practice every day and during games and expect to get any product from them. These are thirteen and fourteen year old girls. They're very emotional, but they also are very um, lacking in self esteem. And so they need to know that you believe in them and they love being held to that standard as long as you give them the tools that they need in order to do it. 
Um, and so I just think that with the biggest thing for that, when you're yelling and when you're, cause I do, I get, I get pretty emotional about mm-hmm. it too, because I want them to perform at what I know their potential is right now. And of course they're going to get better than they are now, um, when they get older, but I want them to perform at that level and to give their best more than anything, mm-hmm. um, from the tip off to the very last horn. And so I just think that when they know that that's expected of them, and then they also know that you're going to encourage them through the process of it, that they give you more. Yeah. So you're teaching a lot of fundamentals because, mm-hmm. you know, even though these girls are playing now, there's club teams and travel. And, right. Um, are still girls that you, you've already talked about that. And then you've got then basketball more and more is at high levels, the, the number of schemes, different defenses, you know, different situations in terms of handling press and, out of timeouts. So where, where are you balancing in terms of teaching what they need to know to help them down the road in terms of scheme? It, 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 I've always felt like that's got to be a challenge at your level because you could do too much, but you also could also not do enough that they're not preparing them for Right. You know, once you get to Lori Curley's level, I mean, I, I, I'm starting to see all these different defenses that they have mm-hmm. to run, all the different situations. It's not – basketball like even we grew up with would you agree i would agree with that yeah like it's a lot more complicated now than it used to be and lots of options and things that um but we don't get that detailed in the junior high for right now our goal is to teach them really good defense and understanding the game defense produces all the offense on every level and so if they're playing good defense and they're in good position to to stop the other team from scoring then they're going to be a successful team so most of our um work on fundamentals is really defensively so if you're not on the ball side, you're in help side, even if you're in a 2-3 zone, which translates to man-to-man defense, which is what Lori runs. So we're teaching them the principles with still doing something that they can be successful at their level right now and at their um, expertise because yeah. they aren't ready to play man-to-man. We would, The other team would shoot a layup every time, but they are learning man-to-man principles within the defenses that we're teaching. That's so good. I, I'm fascinated. I could talk with you for a while about this but when i think about what you're doing for us in terms of the time you're sacrificing and the the work that the high amount of work it takes you know for you to teach at a high level coach at a high level uh just i'm so thankful that people are going to get to hear from you and, and what you do for us so thank you so much for your work at briarwood well thank you for the opportunity this is a great place to be at Briarwood Christian School in Birmingham, Alabama. And each episode of this podcast is dedicated to our coaches, volunteers, and other staff members who help us wrestle with what it means to be a Christian, competitive, athletics program in contemporary society. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of AD Update.